1: Welcome to the 42Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Season 2 of Legion. But before we do that, I am back from DragonCon! I had a wonderful time at the con. I met a lot of really cool people, and if you are someone who has joined from the con, welcome! I am going to give some ways that you can comment on the show at the end of the podcast, So I would really love to hear from anyone who uh, started listening to the podcast because of DragonCon. So please feel free of either going to the website or sending me an email, tweet, or whatever. Just do that because uh, I'd definitely like to know how the con worked out that way. But even beyond that, I met some really cool celebrities. And uh, yeah, so I just had an overall really great experience. I'll be talking about it on a future episode. Hopefully, with the release schedule (laughs) improving, uh, that will be so long away. And on that note, I should mention that, once again, thank you, Ben, for getting out the last episode. I had been a little overly optimistic when I recorded my intros and outros, thinking it would be up before DragonCon. And, you know, in the end, it turned out that that wasn't the case. Uh, Ben had some computer issues, and so that's why we got a delay... But this episode, and starting from here, we should get into a regular schedule. Ben and I are kind of going to alternate episodes that we edit in the hopes of getting the release schedule dialed back in and getting all these episodes out. So, I just wanted to let everybody know what's going on with the show. Um, We should get some of these older episodes out, and... uh it is ironic that we talk about Dragon Con on this episode because of, you know, what I'm saying, but it's actually Dragon Con 2018 that we're talking about. So yeah, this one was recorded a year ago. So, um, yeah, we definitely have some catching up to do with our backlog. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um again, I'm just having a great time being back from the con. Uh wish the con, wish I could, the, could stay in the con. Uh, <laughs> All the time, and I don't know if I'll be able to afford going back next year. But uh, for now, I'm just kind of living off the buzz. But now that I've gotten through all that, um, it's time to go back to the podcast already in progress. Hello, and welcome to the 42Cast, your ultimate answer for fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another fun episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Season 2 of Legion, before we do that let's meet our guests for this week so first up hailing from the satellite of love it is my friend and yours mr mike nelson how are you doing mike salutations i am wet (laughs) all all hurricanes over here Ooh, baby i'm glad i didn't know it was gonna be that kind of podcast (laughs) (laughs) it's not by me it's thanks to mother nature well that's what you get for coming down to earth mike
2: I know. I should have stayed in space and should have never visited the South during the hurricane.
1: Right. Nope. I, but I, I did
2: check agree. on Facebook, but I have survived. I'm okay in Hurricane Florence. Okay. It's, it's, the, it's the good thing about being inland.
1: Yeah. In the saying, middle of the state. Yeah. <laughs> weren't you saying before we started recording that there's like a few puddles and that's about it? Yeah. One of my cop buddies, uh,
2: and, and he gives us Facebook updates all the time in our chat, and it's like there's some puddles forming. People are just... Freaking out over puddles or pools. Sorry, it's pools. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pools are forming, and I mean the thing that we were worried about Florence was it was just going to hover over us for hours, mm-hmm. and so we we're gonna have nothing but rain, just rain and rain, and like so we just have to worry about the flooding. And so far, we haven't had any problems in Columbia, Rural mm-hmm. Beach. Sorry, Merle Beast though. <laughs> Bye. In Charleston, it's like just hanging out. People are reopening stores in Charleston. It's like, ah, we're good.
1: Yeah, it's a little too far north. Um, What's been uh, new and exciting for you since the last time you were on, Mike? Um,
2: nothing much, really. Just getting over this cough because I think I got con crud from Soda City. Mm. So that was my fault. Yeah,
1: you should just should avoid cons in case you get con crud.
2: No, no I'm just going to avoid Soda City. That's, that's the oh, key.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, Is it known for its con crud? Is this like a rating for cons? No, it's just, no, for me, I've never actually gotten con crud.
2: It's, (laughs) Uh, this is actually my first. I, I'm going with Concrud. It could just be the seasons changing. It's my sure. chest wanting to just do stuff.
1: See, I like this idea. There now, it's like Soda City has three out of four Concruds. You know? <laughs> 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 they should just raid all cons like that. What is your chance of getting something? Dragon Con will get definitely some yeah, Concrud. Like, <laughs> Dragon Con is just like a skull and crossbones. <laughs> well, you
3: see, enough people at Dragon Con are soaked in alcohol that it's a disinfectant. <laughs>
0: it's all true
2: <laughs> good point but i've just really just been uh just staying busy with just the streaming and just keeping keeping it up at i got back, i got back into the world of warcraft so that's not my thing
1: yeah and we were also talking before that you're going to get some uh some bots so that you can have crow and servo uh joining you on your streams right yeah i mean i
2: definitely i use two <laughs> green screens uh so yeah. either one i definitely need to go on ebay and try and find find those guys i just need, just need to capitalize on on my actual real name
1: being so awesome right <laughs> yeah because you know you're mike tracks but come on mike nelson like it didn't really kick click on me until when especially
2: when i was younger watching it. it's like oh he yeah, has my name yeah. that's cool growing up apparently now it's big it's mystery is this whole thing and i even love it still and it's like okay we need to capitalize on this now my name is awesome
1: yes it is. <laughs> yeah no, I just still remember when I saw you posting on Sean's wall the first time and I was like, Is it <laughs> could it be because I can't remember what your avatar was then but I don't think your like actual picture was your avatar then and so it was uh... I think it was actually
2: uh it was BD from Hunger Games, oh, probably.
1: Oh, that's right, yes. Because you are, like, uh, the spinning image of BD from Hunger Games, yes.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so apparently, at, at 30 years of age, I look just like Jeffrey Wright.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. So, I do how this happened.
1: <laughs> and so, yeah, I was wondering if it was the actual Mike Nelson from MST3K posting. <laughs> and I was like, awesome! <laughs> it's okay. You're still awesome, Mike. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. <laughs> All right, but it's good to have you back on. Good to be back. And speaking of people who are named after famous people <laughs> <laughs> Who's Angie named after? <laughs> I'm There's, there, person. I'm just the, um, we have uh, the expert on American sci fi classic media with us, and that <laughs> is Old Silver Eyes himself, Mr. Gary Mitchell. How are you doing, Hello. Gary?
3: Hello.
1: I am well. Yeah. i haven't
3: yet achieved godhood but i keep trying
1: right <laughs> i'm still shocked that when you posted that meme about like what villain do you associate me with that it wasn't just a constant stream of gary mitchell images because you know that's i i can't i can't think of anyone to you know <laughs> you know it's the first thing that comes to my mind because it's your name <laughs> well you see he's not a villain he's just
3: misunderstood oh <laughs>
1: sure sure
3: yeah i mean who hasn't
1: achieved godlike power and wanted to use it to make everybody do their bidding right that's true kill your best friend you know whatever
3: yeah well i
1: mean really if
3: he would have do my bidding he wouldn't be he would be my best friend still oh that's true i mean is not that what a best friend should do your bidding
1: that's true <laughs> i i guess And I'm avoiding eye contact and backing away now. (laughs) So, Gary, even though we've already talked about it, but it didn't get recorded, what have you been up to lately? Uh, I survived DragonCon!
3: Yay! And I didn't get con crud, probably because I did dip myself pretty much in alcohol, either rubbing on the hand sanitizer on the hands or imbibing in vast quantities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing like hosting a sing-along after having an entire mason jar of a uh, pie.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, what, uh, what, uh, what, what were like some highlights for you from the con? Uh, well,
3: let's see. There was the annual showing of the the torture movie that you have to pay to leave mm. uh this year last year we did with the star wars holiday special this year we did kiss meets fan of the park <laughs> uh, we already know our movie for next year and it's going to be fun it's going to be mac and me
1: <laughs> i love i love these movies that you're picking that's going to be great <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's like, do I want to pay the money to leave or do I want to sit here and claw my eyes out? <laughs> so, so so what have you found in the two years you've done this? Have a lot of people left early or have they sat through uh, the whole thing? Most will actually serve, sit through most of
3: it. Like, we, the, the, the Star Wars Holiday Special, a lot of people... I mean, most of the people actually stayed, a lot of them just because they hadn't seen it before.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: my favorite being two friends of mine who or like you know you told us it was bad you didn't tell you told us it was that bad we didn't believe you but oh my god
1: <laughs> i actually this is this is how bad it is i actually paid money for the thing way back like 15 years ago because i had never seen it and i was curious so i bought some i bought a vcd <laughs> if anyone remembers what a vcd is that was like technology where you could have like a video file on cd Mm -hmm. instead of on a dvd but uh i actually bought it off ebay on vcd so i could watch it and oh my god was that a waste of money i mean it wasn't much i mean Mm -hmm. the person wasn't selling it for a whole lot but it was just (laughs) kind of like oh wow that's i should not have paid money to see this (laughs) no i i i still remember you know this is you know the way your
3: taste changes, you mature. I remember watching it when it aired. Mm-hmm. being you know, And it came out on my birthday. I was like eight years old, and I remember watching it and going, that was great, I can't watch it, I'll watch it again next year.
1: <laughs> then the next year, flipping through the TV guide,
3: where is it? They always play them every year, where is it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I mean, the amazing thing is that Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Fisher and Harrison Ford all showed up for the thing. Oh yeah, because <laughs> they got paid. Yeah, it's, yeah. I just having their names associated with that schlock. But that's part of why I think that you can't find it officially anywhere.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that and George hates it. But, yeah, um,
3: you know, and I just love the story that Carrie Fisher is like when she needed people to leave her house, she would put that on TV. <laughs> it's like, so <laughs> like, ah, get them out. <laughs> uh, but that was good. Um, I got to see uh Peter Capaldi briefly. Mm -hmm. Um he and and tell him I love your work. Um because we we're doing a panel on the 50th anniversary of Planet of the Apes. We had ape cosplayers Mm -hmm. and our track room is like right across the little staging area where they keep the celebrities. Mm -hmm. And so they were taking him to one of his panels and he sees all these Planet of the Apes cosplayers and he like stops dead and gathers them all up to get his picture with them. And I see this happening at the door to the track, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's Peter Gabaldi, i got to run over there. And I'm like, I want my picture with him, but I can't just, like, hurl my camera over his head. I might no. hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, thankfully, one of our track volunteers actually snapped a
1: picture of him at the Apes Cosplayers, and you can see me in the background going, "Yee!" You know, yeah. Uh, I heard that he was very accessible at the con, and that's really cool when a celebrity will just go around hanging out with people, chatting with them, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, he was very friendly, very open.
3: Him and Catherine Tate too. Catherine Tate Mm.
1: actually in the Walk of Fame
3: came out from behind her table and would talk with people and take their picture. And one of my friends, who was like the last person in the line before they were closing up. And she's like, are you ready to get your your selfie picture? And he's like, oh, I couldn't afford a selfie. I didn't get one. She said, oh, hell with that. Give me your
1: camera. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. yeah, David Hewitt was really cool when I met him the year that I went. He uh, he chatted with us for a good long time, but he also didn't have a big line at his table because we saw him like Monday afternoon, and mm. so it was one of those things where it was towards the end of the con, so I think most people had already gotten his autograph that wanted it, and so that was really nice because yeah. he actually took the time. he actually talked to my kids for a little bit, you know, was chatting with them about Minecraft and stuff, and so I thought that was really cool. That is cool. Um,
3: sure. I got to talk to Ben Hader. The uh, Napoleon Dynamite for a minute. Mm. Um, as I was standing taking a look at Gina Torres' table, because this is the first year she's been to Dragon Con and it was a uh, line around the block. And I was just trying to see mm-hmm. what her prices were, and they were like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's first time prices." I'll be over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but I got to talk to him, and I got to talk to Nick Frost for a minute, and he was cool. Uh, I got to talk to Ric Flair, and you know, my 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 young child wrestling fan was like uh, he was very very nice but yeah it was a good con this year it was a really good con the attendance uh, was about 80,000 which is about, about as many as it was last year but it didn't feel as crowded as last year I think people were off doing more stuff so mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens for next year
1: I'm doing what I can to get there next year so uh, <laughs> looking forward to it um, but uh, yeah yeah, kind of excited we will put you on panels I guarantee it yay and as you know, I always have a whole bunch of ideas of panels that I want to do. So <laughs> we'll see if those materialize. <laughs> All right, but it's good to have you. Uh, it's good to have you back on, Gary. It's good to be here. All right, and finally uh she is a cosplayer extraordinaire she is a mom she is a geek that is my buddy angie how are you doing angie
4: i'm good i'm good i uh i also am fine didn't get hit with the hurricane
1: <laughs> yeah all the way out in utah
4: <laughs> i just wanted to join the club
1: right. <laughs> yeah I don't, does has utah ever been hit by a hurricane
4: not as far as i know
1: because i'm trying to think like it would have to go through texas and New Mexico, right? That's
4: about it. <laughs> um, no, everything's just on fire here, so I don't know which is worse,
1: right. Yeah, no, that that's, yeah. you were talking about the wildfires going on there and that it just it's like breathing ash when you go outside.
4: yeah, it's rough. It's rough. It's sad cause uh, I actually um just got back from uh, I took the most relaxing vacation ever and just hung out in a hot springs resort town for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And the second I drove back into the valley, it just hit me. My throat started burning. Like, so,
1: how far away are you physically from where the fire is happening?
4: Um, the closest one is the next county over, but that one just jo- like joined up with another fire. They teamed up to ruin everybody's day. So um, it's pretty bad. But the wind is now blowing east, so it's all blowing into Salt Lake. So we're probably okay if the wind changes.
1: So it's not like the, There's danger of it hitting your house or anything like that. Oh
4: no, I I don't think so.
1: Okay. Oh, well, that's good, at least.
4: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I just built this house. So I'd like to keep it for a
1: little. No, I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you just moved in there. That's, that's no good. Um, but uh, so, so, yeah, you just went to Hot Springs?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I skipped our local con because uh, there was some, there was some uh, drama and, frankly, kind of disturbing material that came out about it. So, yeah. Um, a lot of people actually boycotted it, but we just got out of town. Didn't want to so, deal. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice and relaxing. No con crud.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't go to the con, I would hope that you would not get the con crud. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> Anything else been going on?
4: No, not really. Just uh, just working and hiding out.
1: All right. Well, it is good to have you back on, Angie.
4: Thanks for having me. Hey,
1: no problem. And uh, you know what's coming up next. and <laughs> That is our five-minute controversy, um, which is what replaced five questions um, because it was taking way too long to go through five questions. So now we just ask one question that everyone can weigh in on and it still serves the same purpose of loosening us up a little bit before the actual topic and uh, gives you, the audience, a little insight into what how we feel about uh, some topics that have come up uh, recently. And so uh, this week I wanted to talk... <laughs> Uh, um, At the time of recording, uh, the news came out a few days ago, uh, an uncorroborated report that Henry Cavill was just done with WB. He was was so fed up with them that he was never going to play Superman again. Just kind of how sensational the report started getting about it, that they had just locked into an impasse. And now the articles that were reporting this seemed kind of odd to me because they said, well no one in Henry Cavill's camp or uh, you know, the WBDC had had confirmed this. And they said there were no uh, plans for a new Superman movie at this time so I'm like well why would they make a final decision or why would he even make a final decision at this point if there's no actual concrete plans for another Superman movie and then come to find out later his uh, agent comes on and says wait a minute this isn't right and he comes on and he did a really weird video <laughs> that didn't actually say anything but kind of hinted at the fact that it wasn't what was going on because he held the Superman uh, action figure up next to his face Um, so, um, so it's, and since then the reporting has basically said, you know, that all of this was just rumor mongering and there's still, you know, talks and negotiations ongoing and since they don't have plans for a Superman movie right now, he still could be Superman the next time they do it. But what happened is it sparked this huge, huge wave on the internet of people casting their new Superman. So, what I wanted to ask is would... It's a two-part question. Would you like to see Henry Cavill in a new Superman movie? And whether or not it ends up happening that way, who would be your um, cast for a new Superman? So, um, Angie, why don't we start with you on this one?
4: Sure. Um, So, uh, I... I don't know if I've talked on the podcast before about how Man of Steel was completely unwatchable and bad.
1: Uh, I think it's been mentioned. High <laughs> five, five, Angie.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, that said, I actually have no problems with Henry Cavill as Superman. I think the movie did him a disservice rather than the other way around.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, because he's huge and he can command a screen to an extent that it's almost like they were trying to make it suck in Man <laughs> of Steel. Like, there was actively someone who's like, he's too Superman-like, screw it up some more. But uh-huh. so, and, and especially in uh, Justice League, I thought how he was portrayed was great. Um, so that said, I'm also staring at an article that says that Michael B. Jordan, Nicolas Cage, and Colin O'Donoghue of Captain Hook fame are on the early shortlist to play mm-hmm. Superman. So yes. um, if those are my options, I say he can stay. Henry Cavill's great with me.
1: Okay. <laughs> Uh, You don't want Nick Cage as Superman? No. Did you know that there was actually plans for Nick Cage to play Superman back in the
4: 90s? I do. There's a documentary about it.
1: Okay. (laughs) I remember reading all about it back in the day, because I used to read uh, a magazine called Wizard that uh, was a comic magazine, and report on all the movie projects that were in development, and I kept praying all the time, please, please, no Nick Cage Superman, no Nick Cage Superman, (laughs) because the thing is... It had nothing to do with Nick Cage and him playing Superman. It had to do with everything that they were saying about it. it. was that Nick Cage was like, I don't like that Superman's a Boy Scout. I don't like this and that. I want to make it like dark and this and that. And I'm like, I don't want that movie. So that's and why. Yeah, we got that movie. Right, we ended up that movie. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So, Mike, what about you? How do you feel about this? Uh, I'm completely okay with Henry. Uh, Hank, preferred. Uh, mm. If he
2: as Superman, Hank, uh, Hank did a fantastic job and, uh, it was really just like Angie said, the movie disserviced him more than anything. The writing was just not good in, in any form and space Jesus wasn't needed. We have, uh, Mark Hamill as Luke, as Luke Skywalker. That's plenty of space Jesus for everybody. Um, it would
1: be Nick Cage would be my replacement. Oh, okay. why, 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 why? Just out of curiosity, especially considering his age right now. Because Nick Cage can do anything.
2: Oh, okay. He's <laughs> he's he's still one of my favorite actors to watch, and I have watched almost every single Nick Cage movie. I have watched okay. *Vampire's Kiss*, okay. where he just goes to Nick Cage, and I still love him for
1: it. <laughs> okay. um, see, see *Kick-Ass* say, taught me though that he would be a better Batman. Yeah, than that's Superman. True too. I, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing a Nick Cage take on Batman, because after watching him in Kick-Ass, I was like, that's one of my favorite Batman, <laughs> Batman ever. <laughs> even though he wasn't playing Batman, he was playing Batman. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and, I have to, and even with Michael B. Jordan, uh, I saw the articles that were coming out, and by the way, this one website doubled down, tripled down on the whole Henry Cavill just not, being superman anymore i'm not gonna name drop it but it's initials and holy crap when the first article came out his his art his agent came out and said that no no he's still superman and this in this website still came out with he's not gonna be superman he's oh he just dropped to be superman Last article I saw was, oh, Henry Cavill left, but this is why he's not really needed in the DCU. I'm like, you're going to talk trash about him now? What articles are you doubling down on here? And Michael B. Jordan would there's one comment I saw that's like, why is there's no such thing as a black Superman?
1: Why are we going to do that? I'm like, uh, what? Yeah, see, that's just stupid. Uh, he's why, are an alien. Our, why
2: are you hurting the fandom? <laughs> what you, you need to do research.
1: The fact that he's white is, you know, enough of a stretch being an alien from another planet. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you're already going to say that he's a white guy from another planet, why couldn't he be a black guy from another <laughs> planet or look like any, you know, human, you know, the
2: earth too, probably out loud but yeah i'm i'm okay with henry stan i just really hope that he just has a right a good writing team and director with him Mm. and and if henry has to go go with nick cage i still haven't seen teen titans go where nick cage is
1: superman Mm. so i don't know i'm gonna put that as his audition tape okay (laughs) that might not be the best way to go because i'm (laughs) sure it's on teen titans go that it's a little weird, but anyway, um, uh, Angie, I am so sorry I skipped asking you though. Who would be if, if Henry Cavill did go? Who would be your choice as a replacement Superman? Um,
4: well, now I feel like I should say Michael B. Jordan would be awesome because that's ridiculous. <laughs> could be I just to, I, to me with Michael B. Jordan, it's almost like I can think of other people I'd rather he was than than Superman. <laughs> so that's kind of why I wouldn't want him there. I I don't know. I don't actually care that much about superman okay
1: all right um so gary what about you do you like henry cavill as superman and and you know
3: i i I have to agree with everybody else henry cavill is better than the material uh all you have to do is watch the man from uncle Uh, i love that movie and it makes me angrier at batman versus dumpster fire every time i watch it because (laughs) he is so smooth and charming and personable and that's actually why I like Justice League is we finally got Cavill being Superman. Um, and I love his performance in that. Everything from when he wakes up wrong, you know, the pet cemetery. You know, <laughs> that that is one of the funniest things I've still have ever seen. When you know, the bit with the
1: flash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all the interactions with the Flash. Oh,
3: and the way he is at the end. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's Superman. That's the way he's supposed to be. And I know there are people who try to defend, you know, well, we had to do this hero's journey in the darkness to come out the light to be the Superman. They're like, no. Superman's biggest power is he's always been a farm boy from Kansas who knows to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need a dark journey. <laughs> his dark journey was when his dad died and he realized he couldn't do anything to stop it. But that's a whole other topic. Right. Uh, so. You know, uh, I I tolerate Man of Steel. I can't stand Batman versus Garbage Fire. Mm-hmm. Justice League is okay. If they replaced him, I would be sad because I like him. My main concern is can we replace the writers and the producers, please? And if they were to replace him, I want Ann Shermanman Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I actually <laughs> agree with everybody else. I'd like to see Michael B. Jordan. I'd love to see him take on the role. He'd be great. It'd be weird not calling him Icon. But, you know, but that's a whole other topic as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if they got rid of Henry Cavill because The Man of Steel and BVS didn't do as well as they wanted to do, and this is the ridiculousness of this whole situation, they still made tons of money hand over fist on both of those m- movies. Um, but, you know, to blame it on Cavill and say, well, you know, these movies didn't do well, so uh, it's Cavill's fault, is ridiculous, and it would be them learning the wrong lesson from it because he was not the reason that those movies did not do well and Justice League, which paradoxically is the movie that did the worst of all those movies, Mm -hmm. was the best of those three movies Um, well, Hollywood has a long standard tradition of learning the wrong lesson (laughs) right and uh, and Cavill especially was so charming and so good in that. I mean, uh, you know, even the stuff like when he and the Flash are both saving people and like the mm-hmm. whole thing of like him yeah. just like kind of smiling as he's got like, the whole apartment building and the Flash yes. is just saving the one family in the truck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, I just loved his whole like nature and just uh, even the fact that it's like, uh, you know, everybody's fighting the big bad Steppenwolf, but Supes is like, I, I got to go save people. You know, I gotta take care of the the people first, so there's no collateral damage. You know, again, it was it was so good, it was so right for Superman's attitude. Uh, and so, what I would say, uh, so I would like Cavill to stay, and like Gary, I would suggest just giving him uh, writers and directors who understand the character. Uh, and then I think that, uh, like a Man of Steel 2 or whatever you want to call it would be, um, you know, well-received movie. But if we did, if he did leave and they had to replace him, then I would say promote Tyler Hoechlin to a movie character and take him out of the CW because he was perfect. Um, yes, he was. So I, I I feel like we already got a good Superman on TV, and there's no reason that they couldn't put him on the big screen. So uh, that would be my vote. Uh, all right, so we're all in agreement, though, that we want Henry Cavill to stay. So so listen up, WB, because I'm sure you're listening. hmm <laughs> Don't get rid of him because of some stupidity or, you know, whatever. And Henry, don't don't worry too much about DC. They don't have a plan at all. So um, the fact that they don't have a Superman movie scheduled isn't a reflection on you. All right. So that's the end of our five-minute controversy. And uh, before we tackle Legion, let's pause for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast.
0: Look, we know it's a long time till Doctor Who comes back on the air. Sorry. But your friends here at the Earth Station Who podcast are here to
2: help. That's right. Mike, Mike, and Mary will be your guide through this wilderness year with reviews of classic stories, audios, and even some group discussions featuring some
1: special guests. Join us for new episodes every other week up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are found.
0: The Earth Station Who podcast, exploring over
4: 50 years of the Doctor Who universe.
0: To be the bad man, to be the sad man. vengeance. My love is vengeance.
1: And we're back and this time we are going to talk about season two of legion which legion was a show that i think took all of us by surprise when it came out i don't think anyone really could expect what it was going to be like and we all talked about in the in the first season legion podcast about you know just how much of a weird yet enjoyable mind screw it was and how it just was so eminently watchable, even though it didn't always make sense. But Gary, since you weren't on the season one Legion podcast, uh, why don't you just give us a, a few like brief thoughts about what you thought about this show when you when you first saw it?
3: I thought it was brave. I thought it was it, it grabbed what was important out of the comic series it's based on and put it very well on screen um i i was very proud of myself that i was able to call uh that it was Farouk the 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 shadow king because i had read the comic i was like that's the shadow king that's gotta be the shadow king i so i think i had a little easier time following it than a lot of other people did it was definitely a show that relied on you paying attention you couldn't like do something else while legion was on otherwise it was like what Uh, but by the time the season wrapped up everything made sense and it's definitely i think a show that rewards rewatching. so you can start seeing how everything puts together and my god did Aud- aubrey plaza make my teeth sweat <laughs> uh that that dance sequence oh that dance sequence so yeah, knowing though that that was a very heavy-set Arabic man at the time it, it makes my brain feel funny. <laughs> but but I loved it. Uh, I really really enjoyed it and the, the weirder it got the happier I was
1: yeah no I think that that pretty much falls in line with what we talked about last time and yeah so then we got into season 2 and so they had already kind of set the bar with season 1 but season 2 felt like again they didn't want us to feel too comfortable because the show pivoted it was not the same as it was in season 1 and was a different kind of show and so I wanted to throw that open then for, uh, for us to talk about which is how did you feel about the show tonally and overall its style in the seasons? Mike, why don't we start with you? It's
3: crazy as hell,
2: man. It's
1: crazy. <laughs> okay. Like
2: I, with most episodes, I can, or even with most shows, I can what let what it, let it play, and then I can go to the restroom. And I can hear it and understand what's going on because I, I did that a lot with my old job. And come back, it's like, all right, I know exactly where I am. Can't do it with Legion. Can, you, you visually have to watch every second of this show. And if you blink or miss something, you're screwed. You are just done.
1: I, I don't know. I think you can watch the whole thing and still be confused about what's going on <laughs> in some parts. It's, and, and, and
2: with that craziness... It keeps me it keeps me engaged like there, I haven't really found an episode or even a part that even I remember after binging it for an entire day that I was completely bored out of my mind it's like I don't know why I just you hurry up to get this episode over with like no I was just in and I in like almost every episode. I have more questions than they ever gave me answers so it's it's just it's just a ride
1: it's a great ride angie what did you think of, of this season totally
4: yeah the the legion is actually one of the few shows that i uh, watch live week to week and yeah it's just it's a treat it's a, i i mean it's a crazy treat but it's wonderful um after the first season i kind of tried to sit back and just experience the show and not try to figure out what's going on and you you can't <laughs> just watch it and you're like what is how you have to try to figure it out even though you know it's wrong maybe maybe it's wrong i don't know um but uh visually stylistically i thought it it felt very similar to the first season in that we have this unreliable narrator and everything seems weirdly anachronistic.
1: I was going to say that a lot of that 60s stuff got kind of dropped, other than when we're in, like, where Lenny's friends are and everything, then it went back to looking kind of 60s, but for most of this season, I felt like they dropped that whole 60s aesthetic.
4: I don't know that it, that it was a specific decade so much as just things seemed out of place. Like, Sid's outfits didn't really seem... It, it's more like like things seem like they are uh, are appearing or not appearing that don't feel like they belong in that time I don't know that I would describe it to a specific decade like the first season was the 60s but um yeah just the whole thing felt vaguely anachronistic the whole time so I felt like that was a pull through from the last season um I, I I remember liking the soundtrack in the first season but I think I was a lot more struck with it this season um I think they upped their game a little bit there yeah, yeah, but,
1: yeah the music this season was astounding
4: yeah it was fantastic
1: let's not talk about that last episode yet either speaking of music we're gonna get there but
4: yeah it was it was visually a treat I, I everything about it was um, pleasing aesthetically and uh, Gary what about you
3: um again I, I did like the pivot um I kind of agreed that they did did kind of the first season they did their damnedest to set it in an anytime. It had a lot of '60s vibe, but also had a lot of '80s vibe and a lot of modern. This season, especially the multiverse episode, we got a lot more that it's kind of a now, but it's definitely a a filtered now. Uh, kind of like a Batman the Animated Series. I thought that the season felt kind of like it was broken in half, though. There was the first half of the season. With, there was the, still the through line of Farouk the whole time. But there was definitely the first half with the, the weird idea infection thing. And then that wrapped up and the show just kind of kept going. And it felt a little disjointed to me for that. But I still enjoyed it.
4: Um, I actually disagree that that okay. wrapped up halfway through the season
1: but (laughs) I felt like that the season was a little too long which I know is weird for a season with 11 episodes but uh, the first season was 8 episodes and I felt like this season probably had about 8 episodes worth of plot stretched out into 11 episodes because I was bored through about the middle part of it especially the the episode that made me want to just flip a table was the Parallel Lives episode. I was like this episode was completely pointless.
3: I completely disagree.
1: (laughs) That episode frustrated me so much because none of it tied back other than to show that yeah David will always become a villain. Yeah I get it. I get what the point was of showing that but you you didn't need that whole episode just for that.
3: I, I don't know if it always shows that he'll become a villain
1: okay but We'll see we'll it when so we get to that bit. Yeah, Yeah, because yeah, it showed, like, all the different lives, and he, he ended up killing, controlling, or doing bad things in, in every single one.
3: No, there's one where he was happy, suburban dad.
1: Was there one where he was happy? Yeah, suburban? yeah, yeah oh. he had the, the hot Asian wife. Oh, okay. I was never quite sure which ones linked with other because sometimes they jumped back and forth within the same life, and so I wasn't sure if... Yeah, it,
2: and, and the hot Asian wife was actually, to me, it was a throwback to the Marvel Now comics, because his love interest was Asian. Oh, okay. So I
1: was like, oh, look, it's her. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was bored through the middle section of the of the series. It seemed like all the just standing around in that building with the Admiral got kind of boring at parts. And once once things got on the move, once we got into that second half like Gary was talking about, it was all really like exciting again. And uh, especially those last two episodes were like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I did feel like the show kind of slowed down for a bit. And uh, I I wasn't... I wasn't as excited to watch um, as I was in the first season. So so am I the, so am I the only one who felt that way?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused by that
2: episode, too, because we went from one with the story, and then it went, jumped right into this multi, uh, multi-timeline, multi multiverse uh, theory with David playing these different characters. And, and you're right. A lot of them were he was either the villain or he was just... When the homeless guy, when he was in the homeless, he was just trying to just talk to the voices in his head, do it mind his own business, and he was provoked to go that way. But, I mean, that episode, to me, was confusing, but, I mean, like you said, it definitely showed how David could become one or the other. And there were a lot that he was definitely the villain.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, either way, it showed that the power would eventually corrupt him in some way, shape, or form, other than, like you say, the suburban dad one, which... I wasn't sure if that linked up with one of the other ones or cuz like the one that they showed with him like being old and everything that one linked up with the one where he saved his sister but ended up killing everybody in the area. Well
3: and that and that's the thing though is you have to look at that episode where it fits in the story because the episode before that is with Lenny's return and we find out that she has a new body but because Farouk basically turned killed his sister and turn her into Lenny and so you know it goes from that revelation to this and then after it is him you know dealing with it the episode is pretty much an entire episode of david going Oh my god they killed my sister and reacting to it and and that's i think why she is very prominent even the ones that she's the timelines that she's not in like the homeless it's the the important timelines are the one with her where he agrees with her and takes his meds to to tamp down the voices even though it turns him into a zombie pretty much And how what snaps him is when the cops accidentally kill his sister. You know, it's a very important study of David as a character. I think that's why that episode is important and not just a waste of time, because we get to see the core components of David's personality, especially his care for his sister.
4: Well, and it's a direct counterpoint to the episode episode. Um, a couple episodes, I think, earlier where uh, we we have the Sid episode where he ba- she basically says that love's not going to save them. And in, in this episode, I really got the idea that Amy and Amy's love for David did save him. I don't know. I'm I'm personally kind of anti Sid, so I think she's <laughs> wrong.
1: Except that there was the timeline where he like uses his power in like a corporate boardroom and becomes like this rich tycoon. And and his sister's there, but he manipulates and does you know and. and and, and, well, and if you pay a...
3: attention, that's not David. That's Farouk. That's
1: Farouk. Farouk is
3: completely taking control in, in that timeline.
1: Huh. I didn't see the anything to to indicate that in that one. The only time I remember seeing Farouk in that episode was in the one where he was like sort of the zombie and he was seeing the, you know, the images of Farouk. Um around but he was taking his meds yeah
4: there's a couple lines where you get the impression that Farouk's just taken over and that's not David anymore
1: Farouk is like one of those haunting presences
3: especially you know all the way through season one where until he's revealed you know he's there we just don't see him because he's the shadow king he's in the background
1: uh you spoke about the thing with the sister and that's the thing everything plot wise that happened in this season was excellent and they came up with some really great spins on some, you know, some concepts and some really off-the-wall concepts, you know, which is one of the things that makes this show so great. Because everything from, like, the whole, like, oh, time travel, we've got to, you know, save ourselves from this evil dark future or whatever, that's, like, X-Men, like, 101, right? I mean, that's... Right. That, I mean, it's kind of funny to say because it, it was, like, X-Men was, like, 15 years old when they introduced the time travel thing, but, like, since then, it's, like, every iteration of X-Men has had to do, like, the time travel, oh, yeah. you know, plot line. And, and so, you know, that was really cool but the idea of future Sid basically trying to get David to do something that would end up helping them defeat him, (laughs) you know, was a really great, you know, spin on that whole concept. And then, like, the whole idea of the Shadow King and what he does to give Lenny a body by taking David's sister and implanting Lenny's mind in there and using some sort of, like, gene overwriting or whatever to, like, remake the body into Lenny's body. That was that was like, holy crap, you know? I mean, that was a really awful thing to do. And so I really enjoyed a lot of the concepts that they came up with this season because they were things that were so awful. You would never find that in another show. I, I've never seen anything like that. And it gets back to that sort of core of this show is about psychology. And I, I like that sort of, like, study of, or, 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 or doing things like that and about, like, examining how those things would affect people. Yeah, I mean, what did you guys think about the sister move? Um, Gary, what do you think?
3: I thought what they did to his sister was horrific. One of the most horrific things I've
1: ever seen.
3: And... I thought it was a great episode of tension. I mean, the whole that whole episode the entire time you're like what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And when you realize what's going to happen it's like oh my god.
1: Yeah, the whole the whole thing of her in the in the upside down interrogation room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the and the coming in, coming out and you know them talking with her and trying to feel her out. And you know and that's a funny one because it got to a point where it's kind of just like All right, you know, I think I know how this is going. And then, though, it ends with the whole thing of her eyes. Her eyes aren't the same. And, and, you know, and then it it hit me like three seconds before, like, I think you're supposed to get it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, you know, (laughs) I know what's happened here. Mike, what did you think of the move with the sister?
2: No lie, I forgot who she was.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
2: yeah, so it's, it, it, it opens up into the dude with the donut thing going to the house, talking to this lady. I'm like, OK, nice little suburban hat, finally. And he's just sitting there. it's like, I'm just feeling this. What's the word? Dread. I'm feeling dread. And uh, just and I'm watching this. I'm like, OK, well, apparently he's going to die. And it didn't really. And of course, when Lenny came back, I didn't get any clues. I was basically like, if I was in that room sitting next to uh, the 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 Dream Dude, the Memory Guy, I thought I was sitting right next to him. We made the same revelation. It's like let's you know, like, what color my eyes? I'm like, oh, they're brown. They look. It's like. It's green? I'm like, wait, it is green. What the hell? And then we go to the <laughs> sister. Apparently the sister. And I was like, she looks familiar. <laughs> Who is she? And then it's like, wait a minute. What are they? Uh, wait. It's, and then they mentioned David. I'm like, wait, that's a sister. It's a si- Wait, what are you doing? What are you no. What are you doing? What's she on the table for? What- <gasps> Big gasp. I am I was in shock. I was shook for the whole thing. I had like I press pause before the next episode. I'm like, oh, okay, we have to we have to we have to visualize this. We, what just happened? What I'm David. I, I need
3: I need a hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And David's reaction at the end of that episode was perfect.
2: Like, don't touch me, dude. No, I need a hug, not from you. I no. Mm.
1: Man. I still get chills from that. That was, that was sick. Well done. I mean, the whole show pivots at that moment. I mean, that is a moment that everything spins on because it affects everything that happens after that. But Angie, what did you think of that uh, revelation?
4: That was a true, um, WTF. I guess I can't say the word, uh, moment for, for me. I, I distinctly remember like the misdirect with them digging up the body and my husband even said, like, oh, what weirdly feminine hands he has <laughs> <laughs> at the time. And then we just kind of giggled and went on. And then, like, just before, like, they just before when the um, woman walk in and Amy, like, confronts Oliver, we realized what was happening and it was just this oh no 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 this is not happening kind of moment um yeah it was great it was a—I uh, I mean it was terrible but it definitely in my wildest dreams I would I was not expecting how that was going So, yeah, yeah, kudos to the show again.
1: Well, the thing is they they frustrated me in that episode and uh, originally um, because they showed that they were having like uh, the Shadow King using telekinesis and I'm like, he doesn't use telekinesis. And I think I focused on that to the point that I, you know, didn't try to think through the body thing because I was like. Wait, he's already got his body? Then why is this so, you know, important that they find the body first? Because he's already found it. And then it was like, oh, that's not the body he found. It wasn't his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Getting to the characters a little bit. One of the things that like kind of like weirded me out this season was how little Melanie was in it and autonomy kind of gets i mean he he just kind of gets like shoved off to the side uh midway through even though he is still there you know uh downloaded into the machine and they've said that he would return in a season three so i i it was kind of weird because it's like he gets shuttered off and then you don't hear anything more about him or what's going to happen. And, you know, I mean, those characters you had already formed connections with in season one. Um, so did everyone, Did anyone else feel like those two got a bad rap in this season of just kind of getting shuttered out? Or did you feel like, eh, they're not really that important and uh, it's okay for them to be, you know, kind of put off to the side? Well, Melanie did get
3: kind of pushed to the side, but it was for a reason because the way she comes back at the end is huge.
1: Yeah, I, I'll 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 agree with that. I mean, she she definitely, yeah. I mean, it's definitely important. <laughs> to, yeah. to me,
2: Melanie checked out. Yeah. Like her first, when she had her first show, first <coughs> position on the show uh, for the season, and she just grabs Sid and is like, "Hey, come here, our men." I'm like, "Oh, here we go." she's <laughs> she's gonna go off and she's she's her own little world. She's high. She is just so high <laughs> off that elephant. Like, you know what? You take all the time you you're in shock. It's okay, dear. You take all the time you need because your boat is just out there killing people. <laughs> so I I,
1: uh, I don't know. I, I, I was disappointed because Melanie was like our professor X figure. In the first yeah. season. And so I wanted to see her being more proactive. And so I was kind of frustrated that, all right, yeah, I've been grieving and everything else, but I was hoping that, you know, somewhere she was going to reassert herself. But, you know, that, I mean, despite the fact she comes back in a big way at the end of the season, she comes back the way that Farouk wanted her to come back. Um, mm-hmm. So she never really did. But I mean, in a way, though, I mean, I guess that's like life. Sometimes people do just. They, they fall apart. Let's face it, in season one, she's already
3: fractured because of what's happened to Oliver. And then he comes back, and the moment, one of my favorite moments in season one, it's tragic, is though, when she's talking to him and she realizes he has no idea who the hell she is. That, you know, just fractured it more. And then when Farouk runs off with his body, I think that's just, that's it. There's only so much you can take, and she broke.
4: Yeah, and we as the audience know that he remembered her at the end, but she doesn't know that. So yeah, it's...
1: right. Because he was like, "You remind me of someone," <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> "Oh, that is just awful." <laughs> when she has waited so many years to see you again, and you're just like, hey, "You remind me of someone. I can't put my finger on it." Uh, I think honestly that at that moment in my mind, I really wish he just would
2: went, "Huh, you remind me of the babe," <laughs> and, and just walk off with
1: that, like, oh, "How dare you quote Bowie?" <laughs> 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 And it just felt like, um, autonomy, um, he was, I mean, he was also really important, and then it was just kind of like, yeah, we'll upload him into the computer, and then it's like, uh, okay, so what happened? Eh, it's not important, you know? And I just felt like he kind of got a bad rap there, that we, we didn't get anything, any hint of what's going on now that he's inside the machine. I
4: got the impression that he is the Admiral now. I don't know if that oh. was just
1: making
4: stuff up, or, but... <laughs> By the end, that's what I thought—that he was the admiral at the trial.
1: Interesting. No, well, that would be a cool way to go forward with it um, and give well, him. Well, I
4: don't remember why I think that, and I am very wrong about this show. Most of. <laughs>
1: <so>. <laughs> oh well, there's the joy of discovery with this show. But
4: I mean, I, I think. And perhaps it's because this show is so brave in other ways. I kind of just take it in stride that they're just willing to shuffle characters off and then bring them back later and have them front and center later. Um, so I, I, feel like Tommy didn't have a huge part to play in the latter half of the season, but I never really thought that that meant he got short shrift or that he wasn't going to come back in some way. Um, I just kind of assumed he'll be more important in season three.
1: See, I thought maybe his like he just wanted out of the show and that's how they wrote him out until I read somewhere that uh you know, some article or other about Legion and they said no to you, he would be back in season three. Now the carries are are two of my favorite parts of season one and uh that continued forward in here. I love their relationship. But one thing, again, where it felt like this show was almost like doing a soft reboot, where we kind of left the Carries was with them having, you know, kind of an issue with their relationship because the older Carrie, you know, left the younger Carrie when they were in that sort of mental world of the Insane Asylum. And it felt like we never got a resolution to that, and it's, they're back to their old relationship. So it's kind of disappointed because I wanted to see that... Aspect of their relationship. I wanted to see how they could grow from there, and it seemed almost like a reset. But uh, what do you guys think about the carries in this one, Gary? Why don't we start off with you?
3: Uh, we definitely started them in a position where they had to rebuild. They did have that falling out over what happened in the mind realm and I like the fact that I think by the end of the season they had repaired their relationship I especially think it helped with the episode where she was the one stuck outside and he was inside and she was like I hate being out here uh, and I loved a lot of the little things that came up with that too like the you know the, the, the odd touches of realism they would add like her like learning like, okay you mean I have to eat and poop right
1: <laughs> you handle all that for both of us <laughs> it's like no I don't want anything to do with that that's disgusting
3: but yeah and, it, it's, and it's nice that he's still the science guy and is coming up with weird science
1: yo know, and that was interesting because he's like this this looks like something I would build you know when they have yes. like the weird sphere thing and whatnot so we know that Carrie's still uh, helping out in the future yeah I, that was the, the the weird inside out thing was was also strange because it's like that never resolved either it's just suddenly they're back to the way they were and it's like wait how did you fix that but uh, we, I don't think we ever got an explanation for how it went back to the way it used to be um, where for she goes and him instead of the other way around. So, uh, but yeah, I liked the fact that they were building on the whole idea of he's like, you know, I'm not going to be around forever. It's, it's so weird to have a scene in a restaurant with two people eating and have it feel almost tragic, you know, yeah. <laughs> because it's like, you need to learn these things because I'm going to die one day, you know, right? <laughs> and her inability yeah, to handle that. Yeah. Especially because the, you know, I'm
3: aging more than you are because you keep not being out here, um, uh, and I do like the fact that she's pretty much the muscle of the team in whatever timeline they're in.
1: Let's talk about the time I killed the Minotaur again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know she is so she is so aggressive. It is just such a fun thing to watch her. You know, just like that's all she wants is to just attack things and to and to talk about when when they're, she's not attacking things, she wants to talk about combat. Mike, what about you? How do you feel about the carries? Man, they're the best i it,
2: it's it's weird when you you look at them and you have to take a look at yourself it's like you know because everyone has that that shy that that shy ex- uh exterior and then but inside you're like yeah i could be that badass i got that kind of imagination and just having that imagination become real and it's like yeah go kick their ass go do it you could do it and it, it, I just connect with them so well. I absolutely love their dynamic, and and when they when and when that switch when they couldn't when she couldn't go back into him, but he went in. I'm like, oh no, what? They broke my carry. <laughs> Damn you, Farouk. <laughs> At that moment, I was like, Farouk is a villain. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like Oliver, you've changed, man. You've changed. <laughs> They could, he could kill a thousand people, like like he literally did, just coming into the base, singing and dancing with Lenny, evaporating everybody, turning a guy into a pig. But no, it's like you're not a villain. Then it's what you did to Carrie. It's like oh yeah, you're a bad guy. It's like at that point, if I was in that room, it's like Oliver's dead. It's like look what he did to them. But the dynamic of like you said, just how she had to learn to eat and poop and actually. Exist in the in the world longer than what she's used to was, it was almost like watch trying to, it's like having a baby like trying to teach a baby to do things again. So it that was and and watching her try to it was like, ow, is that what I sound like? Wow, you are loud. You stop yelling, stop yelling. That was it was just a great great reversal on that point and i think it made both of those actors really strong with their acting at that point
1: point. and uh, angie uh, do you like the carries
4: um i do like the carries quite a bit um i think they actually make me a little more uncomfortable though because when they're having conversations like that i'm not going to be around forever it seems disturbingly close to everybody having to come to terms with their own morality like they're physically two people so they're having to have a dialogue about it instead of like an internal monologue. Those are some pretty disturbing concepts and everyone has to kind of grapple with them. And I almost don't like being reminded of them (laughs) when they (laughs) talk to each other. Um, But I find it really interesting just, you know, what they're not saying. None of them is, you know, Carrie, the male Carrie mentioned that he's not going to be around forever. And we never talk about the possibility that when he dies, she dies too, regardless of how she she is. I mean, that's a possibility, ostensibly, but we're, they're not willing to talk about it. It's too hard. And I I, yeah, I just find all their interactions really fascinating. I don't know that I always find them pleasant or fun, but um, yeah, they're they're really really interesting to watch. And that's and that
2: really brings into a question though, because I I do that was uh it was when they talked about the morality. It's like and so since she is the. She is the body, and he's going in like will will he actually die? or will she will he just grow or will he age slower? Because he's inside now. So he can kind of actually grow. Well, yeah,
1: when they flip-flopped, it would, would have been reversed. She was the one that was aging at a normal rate. And while he was in her, he wouldn't be aging. And that may
4: come up as a way to save him later. Uh, this show definitely sets up long games and long payoff for this show. So. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we're getting to that last episode. And we have Sid, Angie's favorite character. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was funny that they had her switching with a cat. A lot in in this season, and uh, I I don't know. I just struck me as like it's one of those things you don't think about. You know, when she first talks about her powers, you think about her touching people and switching. But you know, in this in this season, it was like two or three times where she switched with a cat, (laughs) which just well because why wouldn't you? Right? Yeah, I guess. I guess
4: she's just like a cat, totally selfish.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, because then we get back to the whole thing of we see the scene that she talked about in season one where she basically rapes that guy. Because he had absolutely no that idea. let lets him
4: get arrested for right. it. Right,
1: and then yeah, and then he gets arrested for it. Yeah. This that...
3: season really does unveil, I think that the biggest villain in the series might not be Fruk, but it might be Sid. Interesting. Uh, and I really can't talk about that without talking about the end right. of the season. Right.
1: Well, it's uh, kind of like how Trish is the greatest villain in all the Netflix series. But, uh. <laughs> uh, uh no, but I mean, especially. Yeah, but especially with future Sid and how
3: that goes down, and you realize that future Sid and modern Sid are not really that different. You you spend a good chunk of the first part of the season wondering, well, what happened to make her lose her arm and go so dark and be what she is? And then you realize that she didn't probably take
1: much. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's manipulative. Um, You know, she manipulates David knowing that she's trying to get David to bring about his own end, basically. And and yet she's there, she's kissing him, she's doing whatever to, you know, set him on that path.
3: And it really puts a lot of the first season in a new light.
1: Well, it's the thing. I, I think Angie's got it right, though. I don't think that Sid has any kind of, like, arch plan or anything. I think it's just she's incredibly selfish and does whatever you know she feels she needs to do at the time and uh and so yeah i mean i mean and, and you know you can make the argument even that a lot of her pushing david away is what causes him to get as bad as he does towards the end of the season um because oh, there's a long portion now it doesn't excuse anything that he does but you know
3: okay well well let's go there if you're ready Uh um, okay. the, the here's what really annoyed me about season two and it's all at that ending when she flips and goes, No, I realize we have to kill you mm. at that big turn. And he's like, All I want to do is love you. All I want to do, you know, it and her turn. Mm-hmm. And so he tries to fix it. And again, I'm not gonna defend that, that was the right thing to do because it certainly wasn't. Right. But at the same time, I think David's almost completely in the right and how he reacts to this because how no one said boo to Melanie about falling under the sway of the shadow king and almost killing everybody no one says boo about the fact that she was gonna murder david they saw she was gonna kill david mm-hmm. she was gonna shoot him in the face and no one says boo he try, does something try to help her because obviously something has gone wrong and also no we have to lock you in a bottle and have to basically lobotomize you wait what <laughs>
1: And that was kind of what got me upset about Melanie, uh, in the season too, because, uh, how, and I, and I guess it is, she just built her whole, like, life around Oliver and getting back to Oliver, but, um, you know, it's the fact that she, she so readily did what she did to sort of twist Sid around, that kind of bothered me at the end with Melanie, and then, and then we find out that she and Oliver just skip off into mental la-la land in his little ice cube home and they they don't you know even care anymore about what's going on to the rest of everybody else it's like oh yeah sid that's really tragic what happened oh well you know yeah <laughs> <sighs> yeah sid i i was not happy with sid this season i i just and and like i say i mean that's the thing it's like what she did you know uh when she you know she used her powers you know and and her first time also is something that really bothered me even the first season then to see it like I was like, are they going to try to fix it somehow and make it like maybe the guy was aggressive towards her and she didn't necessarily want it or what? Nope. Nope, that's not it at all. She just went in there, completely nude, was like, you think I'm my mom. Yeah, that and then switching bodies
3: with that one guy so she can go punch that other girl in the face
0: mm.
3: and then that – and lets that guy get dragged off and mm-hmm. be charged with assault. <laughs> Sid is very amoral when it comes down to it. It's what's good for her. Mike, any thoughts on Sid?
2: Oh, why does she have to be blonde? They're my weakness. <laughs> it's, it's, Sid was always a puzzling character and her being in that insane sane asylum or mental hospital. It's you, you kind of wonder how you really get there. And, Having to go through 50 minutes of that whole episode of being just David going through her memories and trying to wake her up.
1: Well, the part that bothered me is that she seemed self-aware about it and just kept on going, no, do it again. Yeah, it was a yeah.
4: test. It was like, thanks for wasting all of our time for an entire it,
2: episode. To me, it was like it, it was like one of those relationship tests where your girlfriend kind of asks you like questions like, so, do you remember how we met? Do you remember when we where we had our first kiss? Like, uh, what's going on? I feel trapped. That's exactly how I feel. I am trapped. And I have to get this right. Like, Oh, no, you answered wrong. So now you're going to do this until you get the right answer. And that's how I felt the entire
3: time. Yeah. that I episode like... felt like more of a waste of time than the multiple times
1: <laughs> yeah it would have been different if it was something like she's lo- she's unconscious and not aware that he's just living her life over and over but the fact that she was aware of it and was just like no you didn't do good enough you know do it again <laughs> figure it out It just i don't know It made her see I, I, yeah, I, it, yeah it's funny because in the first season i felt like she was very much like a rogue type character You know, the tragic character who can't touch someone without something bad happening, you know, where they switch bodies and it's freaky and everything, you know, not quite the same as Rogue, but very similar vibes. But in this season, they did a really, (laughs) they tried really hard to be like, nah, don't feel sorry for Sid.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Her mother is very tragic, too. It doesn't seem like, this isn't the typical, like, I had a bad childhood, so I'm a bad person. It seemed like her mom really did try. Um, mm-hmm. I was there for her and didn't abandon her or whatever, and was trying to connect with her, and said, just a bad person.
3: <laughs> and, and what's had, funny though is the song at the opening of that episode may be my favorite song from the whole it, it,
2: it was, it was a struggle, but it's, I can't, oh my god, it was just, I've seen people raised that way, I've seen, I've seen my friends go that whole punk goth, I'm against the system, I would do whatever I want, and, and I still felt that roguelike. In, uh, feeling from Sid that she can't be touched, she wants to be touched, and, and in my mind I have to keep going, it's like well we only saw Rogue as like, you know, kind of an adult kind of ordeal and not including the movies, I'm going with comic books, no Fox <laughs> So uh, that rogue could have done something like that where just been scorned. Like a guy's trying to kiss her. Girls are making fun of her. Like, all right, you want to kiss? Let's kiss. Mwah. Switch places and beat the hell out of those girls. I cheered. I'm like, Yes! <clears throat> I'm a bad person.
1: Right. <laughs> well, but you see that like she would even go to like dance and would just like randomly bump into people to like, you know, purposefully just switch and just take a take a moment in, you know, in somebody else's skin.
2: Yeah, I with the whole dancing and leaving and the mom I'm not sure if the mom was sure what her deal was. I don't know if she didn't know about the skin touching thing because if I knew, I wouldn't have let my girl go
1: out with a short sleeve shirt. Well, that was the weird thing because it implied to me when she was like – it showed like when she was like a baby that the mom was like making sure she didn't directly touch her at all. Yeah, yeah.
3: the mom definitely picked up on it, but I don't think she realized the extent of it.
2: Yeah, and it, it really was,
3: and, I, and we have to – and I have to bring it up,
2: but it was the shower scene. It's just uh, – that scared the hell out of me. And I don't really remember even from season one that she touched
1: someone and completely replaced where they were standing. Yeah, no, that's how it worked with David. Yeah, when she kissed Dave or when they touched in the in the mental hospital. Like and then David left in her body, in Sid's body, but then later the body switched to where he was back to himself sitting where he was sitting. So the minds, then it's the second. It's like the body switched rather than the mind. Switched. Yeah,
2: that, that was just weird to me. But that was I, at that with the shower scene. I'm not sure if I could really say that was an evil intent. Or it was just curiosity. Well,
1: the evil intent is letting the guy take the rap for something that she did deliberately. You're a kid! I, I can't do, just. Do. She, she deceived him deliberately and then let him take the rap for it. So, I mean, to me, that is that is that is not right.
4: But, yeah, and it seems it's like... It's not she right at all. Yeah. ...not have been aware of the body swapping because she called the cops on her boyfriend. Like, it you know sid could have proved it to her if she had tried to i mean she she had the ability to swap bodies so if she wanted the guy to get off you know to to show that you know he wasn't at fault she could have done that thing but she didn't she just let him get arrested
2: yeah i mean i definitely would if uh, i was a child and let someone else take the rap too i i definitely would have it because you just got to think of self-preservation at that point it's just how you got to explain it is oh god it was a whole bad this is a whole bad thing i wish i would have never seen that scene at all because just
1: <laughs> uh. yeah I, I really don't know where sid goes from here honestly other than to like i mean i guess that she's just going to lead the anti-david task force i guess i don't know just throw a mustache and twirly into it that's all she can do <laughs> i want to see that now <laughs> um so um, yeah, we haven't really directly talked about Lenny. We've mentioned Lenny uh, this season, and yeah, we get we get some development for Lenny because I originally thought, and I'm not even sure they had fully formed the idea yet in season one that Lenny was just a face for Farouk to put on. But then they sort of you know hinted at the fact that every time Farouk you know like possesses someone. You know he can take their minds with him on a you know on a joyride afterwards, and you know Lenny is somebody that he might have possessed a long time ago, and then like he's still carrying her brain with him. Yeah, because
3: I mean a good chunk of the second season is you know Farouk and Oliver's wild road trip.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so it was interesting that Lenny was actually a real person, not just like an image that the Farouk like like maybe David would respond better to a woman, so I'll make myself look like a woman. Um, you know, so I thought that that was uh, you know interesting, and I like the fact that once she has her own existence you know like we get into the whole thing of how you know she's sweet on david and the fact she's the one that saves him from Sid, which is great Um, and uh you know aubrey plaza is just having such a ball playing that role anyway and so that's you know it's it's always great to watch her just like going crazy in in every way (laughs) whether that means wild or actually crazy, you know, she's just, uh, she's just having a ball playing the role. So, um, Mike, what do you think of, uh, of Lenny in this?
0: Oh,
2: I love her. She is that best friend that will definitely get you in trouble, but you, you still just, you, she's your best buddy and pal. And just knowing that she was her own consciousness, right? She asked for Ruke, like, Hey, can can I go now? Can I, can I leave? Yeah. Can, can, it's like can, can we go and in hearing Lenny actually say "Can I leave?" It's like wait, are you actually just here? But, I mean, like your body died, and I expected like you know the body and mind to kind of die too. It's like you're just a figment of imagination, not a figment of imagination that has self-conscious. So seeing Lenny in that aspect, it's like oh, she wants to leave. Oh. Oh, David! You gotta help her. Mm-hmm. We can't let Audrey Plaza do this. She needs to go. And, and and then seeing her come back and it really shows how strong Lenny is as a character, because even as a self conscious, she is still that drug addictive nature. She gets a body back and she's still in that same mindset. And yeah. I expected at least a character change. Like everything that she's done, everything that she saw, you would think that. It would be a revelation, and she would kind of change over a new leaf, and something would be different.
3: Nope. No. Well, she does uh, a little bit. I mean, she does run back to her old drug life and retake over the drug haven, but then, partly thanks to Amy's
1: pushing, does go, I need to be better. Well, it's interesting, because this show does a really good job with misdirection. I'm still not sure that she isn't also somewhat following Farouk's plan. Because I don't know if Farouk has a larger plan and is thinking more steps ahead. You know, the fact that he gave her her body back would seem to imply that, you know, he, he has a good idea of what she's going to do with it. And maybe just the fact that she would end up saving David from Sid was enough, you know, or maybe there's something more going on here. So we'll see that in season three. But I like the fact that she's still a wild card and we really don't know enough about her own internal you know psychology and what motivates her to know yet if this was just completely altruistic that she likes david and so she's gonna protect him or if there's something else going on here
3: and i'm pretty sure a good chunk of the reason fruit
1: did that is to screw
3: with david you know both i'm killing your sister and putting this wild card back in play i mean he knew that that was gonna mess david up big time
1: and and gary aubrey plaza oh
3: I I need a moment.
1: All right. What what do you think of her uh, this season?
3: I loved her. Like you said, it was first season. It really could have been just a mask of Farouk's. It could have just been, you know, I took this face because I know David will trust it or maybe trust it more than me. But the fact that Lenny was David's drugged out friend that Farouk just took over and used – And I think that's the big key is Farouk uses people and collects them because he may need them later. I'm not sure if he's got a firm plan for the future, but he always knows this person might come in handy. So I'm going to keep them around.
1: Well, yeah, they said something. I can't remember who said it might have been Lenny that he has like a file drawer full of. Of like personalities, basically, can take out whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. She's not the only one. And I really like the fact that they did make real
3: Lenny very different from Farouk Lenny. You know, Farouk Lenny, you know, was calm, collected, crazy, evil, but still kind of funny, evil, kind of like the Joker. And Lenny Lenny is a whacked out, drug addicted lady whose life is was a spiraled out of control mess who had a friend who had mental powers and could score drugs with her.
1: I thought that was a weird changed premise, though, because uh, when they talked to David's ex-girlfriend in the first season, she said his friend Lenny was a guy.
4: Well, originally Lenny was
1: written as a guy
4: i thought it was benny the male friend was benny not lenny right
1: right that's right because then they showed some of the memories that david had of lenny and they re-showed them but with a guy there instead and so then that made you realize that oh that was farouk just like inserting himself into david's mind again kind of thing but then the way lenny was talking with him this season it sounded like they actually had been friends and and had done all that stuff together and so I was a little confused about how that worked.
4: I thought that they met in Clockworks. That was the impression I got. And Farouk, like the same with King the dog, how they didn't have a dog. Was Farouk kind of implanted, changing old memories? I think he took Lenny and kind of superimposed her over Benny.
3: That is another thing. It's really, really hard to tell with the, this show. It's oh, like... sure.
4: I'm probably wrong. <laughs> no, no. I mean
3: It's just this because the show will go, hey, you thought you knew something. Guess what? <laughs> We actually lied
1: to you. That's no, true. And Angie, what did you think of uh, Lenny and, and sort of the, the changed or new version of Lenny?
4: Uh, I love Lenny. I love Aubrey Plaza in general. She terrified me at the end of season one, her slime self. And uh, yeah, it's it's obvious she's having a great time. I loved the scene around the pool where she kept trying to kill herself. <laughs> just trying to, and everyone's just kind of talking around her. I, I do find it interesting. And Nathan, we, we kind of... Chatted about this while the series was ongoing, but I I like the kind of I don't know if it's a nod or just an Easter egg, but just the kind of impression that I get that Farouk, with his file cabinet of people, is almost like he is the end game for David. Like when David is Legion and he's gonna have his prison or whatever. Like, it, it's almost like he he's already done that. Farouk is either the impetus of that for David or just it's a call-out, like, that Farouk has taken all these personalities into himself and, like, it already integrated them and he stores them away. So I, I, I like that. I don't know if they're going to do anything with it, but I thought it was an interesting call-out, call-back, call-forward. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Call around. <laughs> yeah.
4: um, so having Lenny and, and sh- establishing that she is her own self, she's not a, com- a complete construct of Farouk, I thought helped demonstrate that. So I'm, I'm really interested to see where they go with it.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, the fact that Farouk, uh, you know, they, they were showing him as his actual self this season meant that if they hadn't done that. That Lenny would have to be almost written out of the show. And I think they know that Aubrey Plaza is popular and, and you know, that would be a mistake. So I, I like the fact that they, they gave enough, you know, that they gave a reason for her to continue um, and give her, you know, still a, a significant role in the show uh, separate from Farouk. And uh, so let's talk about the man himself. We got uh, Farouk as himself, and I guess since we're we're getting kind of late here, we can talk a little bit about Oliver too, since Oliver this season spent most of his time as Farouk's puppet, uh, although they had some nice like conversations with each other they had some
3: fantastic conversations
1: yeah so farouk actually getting to see his real body and like the various scenes of his mental landscape and the conversations with david or with his other personalities and everything they did a really good job of this guy that is just so supremely self-confident he's
3: smooth he's charming he's debonair he falls face first into his soup when professor x kills him
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, the whole idea that he still had a body threw me for a loop. Because again, I'm the comics guy, and it's like uh, Farouk's body should be dead. He just exists as a mind now. But it's like, okay, all right, I, sorry, they want to do this. But yeah, no, just everything about it. I thought they did really great with the casting on Farouk, and I like this take on him. Because yeah, I'm used to Farouk just being like this pure angry mental force that wants revenge against Professor X and to have him be this suave guy this player this guy who knows that i can control everyone around me so why should i be afraid of anything i mean he like so like when he confronts future sid he just dominates you know the situation and has no fear at all of anything and is just like you know this is the way we're gonna talk and you're gonna tell me what i need to know yeah, I I really liked him, and I like that I can't believe that they are trusting him at the end, and they're giving him the run of the place and trying to cage David, because I'm like, yeah, you know, you can cage both of them.
3: Yeah, that's what really gets me about that ending, is that it doesn't make sense for them to just suddenly go, yeah, okay, fruit, yeah, he's a good guy, because David mind-controlled Sid, like, right, wait, but. But everything he did up till now okay
1: right no i know yeah it's like yeah you might need farouk to take down david but you better do it under controlled situations and not just let him like walk around
4: that's why i disagree that plot point of paranoia being an infectious disease um didn't get wrapped up completely with autonomy getting killed i i think that's kind of where they were going with it that farouk got to them i mean if If the first season was David versus Farouk, basically with Summerland's help, David came out on top. But season two seems to be Division Three and Summerland versus Farouk, and they are outclassed. I mean, he wins, and David kind of got shunted to the side in that. Farouk wasn't actually going after David; he he just took over everybody else.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's in a place now. I think he still wants to control David. But he's doing it smart. He's not – like you say, he's not directly going to fight – I mean they already had that fight and he lost. And right. so yeah. now it's like, OK, well, i just going to you know, – I'm going to end up running this organization and that's how I'm going to get to David.
3: Well, because David is still the most powerful being on the planet. And if Farouk can get his mind in David's body, I mean we saw at the end of season one – exactly what Farouk can do with that level of power so
1: so it was one of the many surprises at the end of season two <laughs> was for Farouk to just keep running because you know when they were confronting David in the room I was like okay all right you know I get where this is going but then to just think he didn't even have the thing on his head anymore to try to like suppress his mental powers it's just like no, oh, we're just letting Farouk run the play you know <laughs> have his run of the place and it's like, what? <laughs> You know, this doesn't seem like a good idea, guys, uh, and that might be where Tonymy comes back in because if Tonomy now it completely exists as a as a machine, you know, as a per- maybe he'll be the one that Farouk can't control, and so maybe Tonomy will end up helping in some way to keep you know to subvert whatever plans Farouk has. Um, but uh, I just had that thought right now, and uh, and so Mike, uh, what do you think of Farouk?
2: That dude is smooth. <laughs> That was a smooth dude.
1: Give him a Colt 45. Yeah,
2: man. Him and Billy D. Williams talking to <laughs> him, and then he right. brings in that French accent. Then they, the Farsi is like, dude, I don't know what he just said, but that was smooth.
1: <laughs> oh, I think he's supposed to be Moroccan. Yes. At least uh, in the comics he is, so that's why he's yeah, French. Yeah, he's, yeah.
2: So, and, man, he was just so cool. Him and Oliver going back and forth was, I could watch a buddy comedy series, just those two on the road, just having conversations. Terren yes. Oliver do that. They're like, I'm going to say you, I'm going to give you a poem. I'm like a poem. And he goes, into it's just like, Holy crap. That was an amazing. poem
1: <laughs> Yeah. The road trip with Oliver was great. And then Oliver is like, you know, like threatening him and stuff. And it's going to be like, yeah. I'm, once you get your body, like, I'm going to kill you. When you see, when you think of the shadow King and I only have my memory of it
2: from the cartoon, the X-Men cartoon, uh, he, he was dominating. He was, he was imposing this guy. What, what's that phrase about the devil wears plain clothes or something? Oh,
3: he's very seductive. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, that dude could talk me into doing some probably bad stuff. <laughs> and he's, he's just, even without the powers, he could probably just do it. It's like, hey, man, go steal a Snickers bar.
1: Okay. It makes you wonder why he was the big yellow fat man in the first season, because it's like, you know... <laughs> I think you could do a lot better convincing people to do stuff if you're smooth and sophisticated. I think it was
4: an He intimacy. was ruling by fear. That was, yeah.
1: It was, he that had, was
4: he had David as a kid and just made him afraid. Now he has him as an adult and is trying to win him over.
2: Now, now, it's, uh, I have to share this because so I didn't get to watch Legion at all when it was live. And so the only – I didn't see anything. I knew – I think our friend Christina posted – a picture of an article that who the actor was going to be playing uh, Farouk was. And so I'm doing these sing along videos for Gary here. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the, the episode from Legion and I grabbed the video. I'm like, Oh, okay, this is, this is cool. That's the first and only anything of Legion season two I saw. And I had a lyric video for it. I'm like, is that for, that's for, that's the shadow King hearing him talk. When he had his singing line open, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to binge this.
1: <laughs> yeah, that eighties music video of a of the last episode. Um, it's like coming out of Highlander or something at the uh, the yes. visuals.
2: Um, <laughs> and that was apparently the last episode. I'm like, I what happened this season? I, and they was like, hey, we're gonna do a podcast I'm like good. Yeah, I'm there. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, thanks, Gary. Yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> that music video. Oh my God. <laughs> that was so good and and it's interesting because you know, and we should get to talking about David now because that's it, the whole idea that David is a hero in his own mind that's what makes that music video work for me because, you know, it's well known, I'm not a big fan of musicals, but the fact of the matter is, this is David in his own mind, so of course he's singing out, you know, while he's fighting his main enemy, and there's like weird lightning shapes everywhere around and everything else because to him, that's, this is is the climactic final battle you know, and he's going to finally defeat his, his enemy and you know, be the hero he knows that he is and right. and that's what oh man that was so good how they just slowly brought this season up to there to both the ideas that he is fractured in his mind which was only kind of hinted at in the first season to where now we actually get full-on him and two other hymns talking in his brain um, yes <laughs> but also this idea of like david does all these horrible things but he's convinced that he's righteous and so therefore because of that he can justify all of it and 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 so i thought that that was interesting how they brought all those concepts both those concepts together in that final episode and kind of spun that into this has gotten to the point now where he feels that even when he does the wrong thing he's doing the right thing like with what he did with sid like this is justified because i'm the good guy we're all the hero in our own story
2: Mike, what what do you think of David? First off, I have to give props to the actor. He is phenomenal. I I want to see more of him. Uh, He was great in Beauty and the Beast. He was great. Who did he play in Beauty and the Beast? (laughs) Yeah, he was the Beast. He
1: was the beast. He was yeah. the beast in that oh. in that remake with Emma Stone. Oh, not Emma Stone. But well, yeah, you barely see. Yeah, you barely see him as himself in that. But I did not realize that he was the because I saw it and I didn't yep. realize that was him. As soon
2: because I remember he was casted and I'm like and I'm listening to it, it's like cool and he becomes a real boy again and I'm like oh look there's David being crazy and <laughs> 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 it's a figment of imagination. It's all Disney. It's all from David's head. Right, but. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be hilarious if they, like, riffed on that in Legion? So with David, it's open up with him really back. He's here.
2: But he's been just gone. You know, he's because, again, he comes back. It's like, yeah, I just saw you like maybe an hour ago. But he's been gone for for right, what a year, more.
1: And and, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I've almost forgotten about. Is the idea that future said almost like caused the situation by like making David skip nine months? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, okay, so why did you do that? Because now his his like relationships with everybody is kind of fractured, and all those healthy relationships that might have helped keep him you know, more balanced, are all, like, kind of, like, you know, uh, are all messed up. And so that was another thing that I was, like, that was really weird, and I don't even get what the point of that was. Uh, other than that the show wanted to do, like, kind of a soft reboot and move everybody around in their relationships, you know, and so it was kind of like, oh, it's nine months later, you know.
2: But with David, it, I mean, he comes back, and he's just trying to pick up the pieces. And in this episode, everybody, first season... Everybody already was worried about him. They kept him at a distance. And he tried to be open. It's like, hey, let me in. But nobody wanted to. And towards the end, they were like, okay, we can we can trust him a little bit. Then he disappears. And now he's back. And we're back to this issue where, what were you doing? What do you remember? And we can't trust him again. And, and he's still in the mindset of, we're all best friends now, right? Right? Bestie? Why are you staring at me for it? And, and so now we're just continuing on with this and everybody's keeping their distance because they all know that he was at this club that Farouk was at. That caused this whole epidemic of everybody having chattering teeth. Yeah, it, it just infuriated me that people just kept David at that point and that's why I definitely can't wait till we talk about the very last scene of the season. Uh, but David was was still a growth to me. The multiverse scene really gave us an aspect of that. And we all kind of have that existential crisis that we think of the choice between going left or going right. And and we always go right mm. or we always go left. Like what if we made that other choice? And that's what the multiverse in my eyes gave an aspect to us as an audience for David. Because he's coming to that he's coming to that crossroad where he needs to choose either go left or go right, hmm. and this multiverse episode gave us that aspect
1: what I think is really interesting about this show is that you get the hero origin story all the time that's what the Netflix series are doing, and so even though I sometimes feel they're going a little too slow, you know, but we see that they're trying to progress the character up to where they're that superhero or whatever. We got the villain origin story in Legion, which is why I am so excited uh with this show and i will give them all the credit and all the rope that they want uh because i i, I never expected that that's where they're going i was like well he's the title character so of course they're going to make him a hero and it's like, oh no, no, we're going full on villain version of Legion. Okay, you know, <laughs> you know everything from like where he's wearing like that really weird ensemble when you know he's fighting the Shadow King stuff in the in the oh, whatever they called that desert place, you know. And it's like he's sitting on like the throne, yeah. And then it's like we see his personality, like where he's full on having conversations with other aspects of himself and everything else. And it's like, oh, okay. And I still, I still feel like if the the people around him had continued to have like, if they hadn't shuttered him out, it would have gone differently. But, yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, just because of what happened, he's he's taking, like, the dark path. And uh, it's going to be really exciting to watch that in Season 3 and what comes from that. Especially since we don't really have a hero in this show. We've got Farouk and David. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, oh, this is not good either way. Okay. And
2: Charles too, the guy with the half-burnt face, he was just a delight to season. Season. Yeah, just a delight. It's like, come on, it's girl talk.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have like the biggest role, but yes, he was great every time he was on the screen because he is—he's got such a good wit uh, about him uh, with all the things that he says. Angie, what did you think of David's art?
4: David, I feel like Dave Stevens is incredible. Obviously, I, I agree with everyone who's stated the obvious. There. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I—I I think it's really interesting that david is still our stand-in because i feel like i'm going nuts watching this show most of the time um and i think especially this season if we if we're supposed to see david as the unspoiled apple in the bunch by the end maybe that's questionable i don't know but if that is it's in retrospect having seen the whole season you can kind of see how david is losing it because he he looks at these people that are supposed to be his friends and they're kind of turning from him and he doesn't know what to think and he doesn't know what Farouk is up to. I mean, I was very frustrated with David at the beginning for just trusting future Cid. Like why yeah. would why? You know you know who the Shadow King is and what he can do, so why on earth would you just trust random future Cid? Like I I don't know. I, I would feel like everything was potentially a trap and trust nobody. You see how you know his trust in Cid kind of brought them to where he ended up where he basically had to abandon them all because they were going to lobotomize him. <laughs> so you watch him losing his mind and it makes total sense. Like, and by the end you're like, wait, I'm not sure who the crazy ones are. It's, it's great. It was masterfully done. It was masterfully woven into the the entire plot of the season. So yeah, this show is just continues to impress me um, with how it, how deeply they can show um rather than tell what's going on
1: well i found it interesting because in season one at the end i think it's the last episode he says something to sid about what if i'm both because you know melanie's whole thing to him was you're not crazy you're just a mutant with telepathy and that's why you're hearing voices and that's why x y and z and you don't need to take meds you know you're fine how you are and he has this moment of clarity at the end of season one where he tells sid what if i'm both you know, what if I'm both a powerful mutant and I'm schizophrenic? And, and you know, and Sid's like, "Nah, no, nah, you know, you, you got to trust yourself, whatever, you know. And then we see over the course of this season that, no, I mean, David was right. Because I don't think it's just that, that it, it's paranoia and the fact that his friends turned away from him. He does have problems. He does need help. Oh, yeah. But when somebody needs help, you don't, like, completely reject them. Because that's just going to make all the problems worse. And so that's that's what happened here. And so I, I love the fact that they just... The slow reveal. Because I was surprised in season one that other than that one part where he's like in like the dark place and then when he's in the classroom where he does have like a conversation with another like version of himself but you're never sure if that's like supposed to be like a full-fledged other personality or if he's just talking to himself in his mind and that's just how they're showing it or
4: whether there's even a functional difference between those two things
1: but this season they slowly ramp up the idea that no there are distinct other voices within his head now that fruk has gone, everything else, you can't, you know, say that any of that's caused by somebody else. That's in him. And so that's what I found w- was really nice, how they just sort of worked their way up to going, like, full comic book with him. And showing him as the, as you know, somebody with multiple personalities and everything else. So so I I thought it was really well written and very well acted. Gary, what do you think about David's art? I
3: really can't add too much that everybody else has said. Uh, he does... An amazing arc of, you know, the the self-acceptance of maybe I am just this powerful person and I know what I'm doing is right Mm -hmm. to the whole, wait, I am crazy as a bag full of cats. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, again, why it really is frustrating for me the way the characters, which I hope that uh angie's right that it is farouk manipulating everybody because the way they grab him at the end was almost calculated to make david break from them and run off on his own um mean, there was what other reaction did they expect you know they already know he doesn't like being caged he doesn't like being confronted like that so they confront him and cage him so of course he's gonna go f this i'm out of here and i'm gonna go do whatever i want now all the people i thought i knew and loved and trusted I can't love or trust anymore. I'm out, and the only person who's ever stayed loyal to me is bat crazy bat guano crap crazy. Lenny, so we're going to run off together.
1: (laughs) They did show in Farouk's room after David leaves him that, like, the, the mental suppressor, like, started, like, breaking. So I think that that does give, you know, some evidence that it might just be that, you know, that thing broke down and Farouk controlled over everybody overnight. And that's how we got to that situation. So we'll see how that develops in uh in the next season it was a hard scene to watch and it was hard to see how everybody turned i mean i totally get sid being upset if you knew that your mind oh, yeah. was manipulated i mean that's 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 why i always felt like uh, the x-men apocalypse movie was false that once moira learns that like xavier had wiped her mind she's just like oh charles and kisses him and i'm like that shouldn't be the reaction that should be like slap across the face yeah you don't have the right to like take like a month of my life or whatever from me you know <laughs> Um, but uh but yeah, so so I get that, but that still doesn't mean that Farouk's the guy we just like, Hey buddy and David all the good you did gone.
3: And again, everybody else gets to slide. You know, everybody did things just as bad or if not worse than what David did, but none of them have to face any consequences. Only David.
1: So um any thoughts for season 3? I know this is a hard show to predict, but is there anything that you want? Gimme. <laughs> <laughs> Gary? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh. Gimme. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought you meant that you wanted to answer the question. I get you. I get you. You just want season 3 as quickly as possible. Yes. Yeah, I- I'm worried, you know, with the disney merger i don't know what's gonna i mean the season three has been ordered so that's gonna happen but i'm worried about what disney is going to do with the x-men franchise in general and if they're just gonna be like the fox the old fox projects are just gonna be like canceled or if, you know, they'll move forward with, with like, Legion and the Gifted. I, I See, personally, I figure Disney's going to, like, reboot the movies with the X-Men. But I really hope that Legion and the Gifted get to stay around as their own things. Because they've both been really good. And that's the
2: thing. They've been good.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. We need to get rid of the good things. Well, it depends. If they want to keep the it's all connected, that's where it might be problematic if Legion and the Gifted stay over as Legacy. That's where it gets into murky territory, and hopefully they'll be able to navigate all that.
3: Honestly, I would love to see the mutant stuff stay separate. from the. I, I think they work really well on their own. And as long as it's a success and makes money, I don't think Disney will will kill the golden goose. But then again, they also killed Clone Wars. But they're bringing it back. Yeah,
1: I know, I know. And I don't know what's going to happen. I know Feige wants the mutants in in under his purview. So I don't. But I don't know if I mean he could they could the movies could still be under his purview and he could still keep them separate. But I just have a feeling that if they integrate the X Men stuff in, they're going to have them actually in the MCU. But we'll see. Angie, do you have anything that you'd like to see in season three or any predictions you want to make?
4: Um, Yeah, so we didn't talk about them too much, but uh, shout out to the Vermillion. I mean, creepy, beautiful weirdos. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I want them to come back again. Potonomy, I, I want to see more of. I, I trust the show. I think they have set him up to play something key in in season three so the line that Oliver gave Farouk right after he said he would kill him in the scene where he asks what's one plus one that's really stuck with me because you have now Fukuyama and Tanami you also have Amy and um and Lenny who are all essentially one plus one and so it seems to me I feel like the fusion of these characters makes them something different than their requisite parts and that might end up being key um in season three that's where i think i don't know my personal theory is that all of this is happening in david's head because this is his initial legion event and he's trying to he's trying to organize his brain and the personalities that he's got now but I'm probably wrong but i think that would be <laughs> nice <laughs> but yeah so i i think that lenny amy and uh Pitanami Fukuyama fukiyama are gonna play key roles in season three and maybe john ham is professor x
1: maybe I don't know what's up there. All I know, he's sporting a really awesome hat. <laughs> 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 Mike, uh, what uh, do you have any predictions for season three or anything you want to see?
2: I need a full episode of David and Lenny just road tripping.
1: No <laughs> drugs, no alcohol, just road tripping. Alcohol and drugs, we don't need alcohol and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> just
2: <laughs> They just trip I, on their own. I mean, after that scene, just... He just it's just it. I'm out. I don't give a damn anymore. Just gone at that point. Just stop. I just don't want him to try and prove to anyone else. He just needs to be himself. If this is how we get Legion, then you know what? They got their own selves to blame. But he just needs to just this would be the point from the comic books where he just needs to find his peace. And I, and I hope he at least get, gets a cool journey yeah. and some cool chase scenes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I don't know where they're even going to go from here. Other than that. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that I know that Tonomy wasn't just written out, I'm thinking that he's going to be key uh, to upsetting Farouk's plans because I don't... E- even though they've messed with Farouk's power set from the comics, I don't think he's going to have any control over machines. So if he's uploaded into the machine, that might be like where he becomes key to uh you know to the storyline next season um i'm curious if oliver and melanie will be back of course i would like to see them both um but now that they're kind of off in la la land i'm not sure that there's really a through line for them yeah hopefully uh david will make better life choices (laughs) (laughs) moving forward (laughs) but i also kind of like the idea of this is now a show about two villains fighting so that'd be really interesting too so um I, i really don't know i know that um Dan Stevens has campaigned for, uh, Patrick Stewart to make a cameo on the show. And I would love that, you know, I would love to actually have, uh, Patrick Stewart on to be the dad. Um, but, uh, you know, they can, they can do whatever. If they want Xavier, they could always do their own thing. They could always have James McAvoy if he wanted to do it. But, um, I, I, I like the idea of it being the Patrick Stewart version because the age would be, you know right and and you know whereas james mcavoy is is a younger guy cosplaying as an older guy so you know (laughs) as the x-men movies have more decades going on they keep throwing him farther into the future it's like he looks the same as he did in first class okay he just shaved his head he doesn't look older but anyway um all right, so yeah, you know, I'm going to start doing something new that I haven't been doing, but I feel like I actually should have been doing it all along. When we do these reviews of TV and movies, let's give it a rating. One out of five. Mike, why don't we start with you? What would you give to uh, Legion?
2: Oh, I hate ratings. I'm so bad at them. Uh, I just give it a four, mainly because I'm. it, it really was the sit episode. I did not need to know her backstory. I that that made me uncomfortable
4: all right angie uh i'll give it a five i would recommend everyone watch this show and have a little mind trip gary
3: uh i give it a four and if they in season three give legion his three foot high haircut
1: i'll give it up to a five. Oh yes Boom. yes they need he needs that. that haircut yes <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing even if it's just for like one episode yes i would like to see that hair Have you seen what we're talking about, Angie? Yes, I am
4: am not a fan. It's stupid looking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what makes it so awesome. I think think he could pull it off. You know, I think I'm going to give this one a five also because this is one of the shows that I just enjoy watching so much. You know, like, because I, I can usually see where every other show is going and I can't see where this one is going at all. And I love it. Um, you know, like I say, like, I get excited in this one. I can tell like a minute before that, you know, like, I know what they're going to do. <laughs> this isn't really a great achievement, but, you know, it's... Uh you know, yeah, uh, this this show is just so weird and fun that uh, I, I, yeah, I think everybody should watch it. Actually, I'll just give it a four now. We can do halves, so I'm gonna do a four and a half. So it's a note for the future, because uh, <laughs> I feel like it could be improved a little bit. Like no, like flashback episode with Sid, and we'd be good. No more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dumb. I I
2: don't need her backstory
1: ever again. Right. <laughs> all right so yeah let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find us online so um angie we'll start with you uh can can anyone even find you online
4: no but i'm currently accepting smoke signals while the valley is on fire (laughs) (laughs) no um i i don't really maintain much of an internet presence so just find me here
1: all right you may you remain our 42 cast exclusive
4: I do.
1: Uh, Mike, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
2: Goodbye, Aaronets. uh, you can find me over on Twitter at this is trex or over on my Twitch channel. If you guys like seeing random MMOs get played, uh, over at twitch.tv slash trex light.
1: All right. And that's spelled like the dinosaur, right? Oh yeah.
2: T-Rex. Rawr. Right.
1: <laughs> All right. And do you have one of those dinosaur costumes? One of those T-Rex costumes? Do you put it on? No, I do not have that kind of room space. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Gary, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
3: Goodbye, four Uh You can find me on Twitter as Gary underscore Mitchell, Mitchell with one L. Uh, you can find me as the co-director of the American Sci-Fi Classics Track. We have a Facebook group on Facebook. Uh, search for DragonCon American Sci-Fi
1: Classics Track. All right, as opposed to the Facebook groups on Twitter. Exactly. All right, <laughs> All right Gary, uh, Mike, and Angie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank, thank you. A uh, pleasure. And that's a wrap for our Legion Season 2 episode. We'd love to know what you thought about the episode. And you can do that in a variety of ways. You can email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can go to the website and leave comments at 42cast.com. You can leave us a message on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 42cast. Or you can tweet to us at at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. And once again, I just want to remind you that if you joined the podcast after seeing me at dragon con please 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 drop me a line just because i want to know if you know i picked up anybody from dragon con i think that would be really cool i'd love to know what panels you saw me at any kind of thoughts about the panels all that good stuff so yeah or just hit me up just to chat because i love chatting with people love to hear some feedback about the show what you like what you don't like all that good stuff also, check out uh, patreon.com ESO network. It's a way to contribute to the whole ESO network, but it helps all of the shows on the network. So please look into that if you want to contribute. So with that, it's time to wrap things up. Join us back next week when Tom Cavanaugh will not be joining us. And this is Nathan signing out.